Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of The Kylie King Show, Meet Me at the Barricade. I'm your host, Kylie Morgan, and I'm coming to you from St. Andrews Hall in Detroit, Michigan. I'm exceptionally excited to introduce our guest tonight. Seriously, I'm such a big fan. Welcome to the show, Ricky. Hey. So tell me a little bit more about how this headlining tour with Sirius XM and Octane is going. Uh, most of the shows have sold out, which doesn't feel like a real thing that I get to say out loud, but... Um, I get concerned because I tell like my friends from back at home and my family about it all the time. Be like, yeah, this one sold out too, and I'm wondering if they're starting to get like he's getting a little arrogant or something. But I just I can't really believe it at all. Um, so it's been cool. Uh, people have been nice to me. People have been giving me food sometimes after we play, and um, you know, I'm getting paid. It's nice. Lots it's, of pizza. It's different, yeah. <laughs> I, I wish that there wasn't uh, as much pizza available after we play. It's kind of like <laughs> something that isn't just fucking dough and cheese. Right. <laughs> but not because I'm unappreciative, just because I try to be healthy. Yeah. But yeah, I'll eat it. I'll eat whatever. So has anything crazy happened yet on tour? Define crazy. Oh, I don't even know. Something funny or... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Care to elaborate? There's been a lot of funny things. I mean, I'm basically, uh, whenever I'm uh, on this tour, you know, I'm basically in a band of um, like five comedians trying to one up one another. So um, everything's funny. But um, I'm trying to think of anything in particular that has happened on this tour. I'm not a big party or anything. I do a lot of sitting around on my laptop uh, before and after we play and stuff. But. Um, yeah, we spent some time in Vegas. Uh, went to the, um, Spencer tried to convince everybody to go see one of the, um, oh God, I can't remember who it was, but one of the magic shows. Uh, that's not even funny. That's just something that happened in Vegas. Um, I had a kid dress up like Spider-Man at the show in Baltimore. That's the first thing. <laughs> our, our, our bus broke down on the way there. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we made it there in time. Uh, we, sent, we sent our crew... Uh, some guy was at the truck or the stop we were at getting the vehicle fixed, and some guy in a truck offered to take some of our crew members there with our trailer. We threw him a couple bucks, so we popped our trailer on the truck, and then they drive there. And then the bus somehow it got done twenty minutes later, and we beat them to the venue. And apparently, a few of them were. The guy had his windows up through the whole entire drive, and he chain smoked through the whole thing. So they were just dudes. Nice. They were so bummed about that. <laughs> so I remember they were just like later bitches and, you know they got <laughs> they missed, a, they missed they the got moment a truck there. and then just got just got absolutely gassed out for an hour or two and a half hours oh two and a half was, hours away yeah I thought that and I wanted to go because the guy had puppies and I was uh, I was strongly told this isn't about puppies this is about them getting there to set up the trailer so we can play in time <laughs> like alright band you know, first but yeah, puppies be, are somebody brought a baby kangaroo to one of the shows um, we had a dude doing electro massages which is like you um, it's like this box and then there's like a metal plate on the top and he holds the plate and he touches muscle groups and it electrocutes them kind of well like it does the, the thing that like it makes your muscles spaz yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that was pretty cool yeah uh, <laughs> Therapeutic. Those, those are the only things I can think of. A couple of my best friends came out from high school yesterday. That That's fun. really cool. Yeah, we were in Philly. It's always nice. fun to share yeah. your life with the people you used to hang out with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, 
That's good. So uh, you're not only a lead guitarist and backup vocals for Ice Nine, but you're also in another band called Hawk. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more about your involvement with that. Uh, it's, yeah, it's been my band for a long time. Um, we were called the City Apocalypse a long time ago, and you know, signed a bunch of record contracts along the way, and then one of them, um, we ended up just taking a hiatus for a little bit, and then waited for the contract to die out, and then uh, started doing things under the name Hawk, and that's been fun. Uh, we just did the Crown the Empire Tilla tour, and we're working on, I've literally been singing, um, working on a few new demos in the bus. Uh, whenever people aren't in the bus, I have like a little studio set up and a microphone, so... It's been fun. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do, right? Yeah. It's yeah. your full-time job. <laughs> just don't know. Yeah, um. yeah, yeah, but it's been pretty cool. Um, I, I uh, obviously, um, I'm, I, uh, people are always asking me when we're gonna release another song, and it's just sort of like, well, kind of stuck to an ice or like you know when I'm on tour I'm kind of you know working so as soon as I get back I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna try to crack away at that do you have a lot of time when you get back no. I know last time you had like three sleeps and then you had to be to Europe so oh my gosh yeah no this time um I think a month and a half but it feels like none because I still have more building to do in my studio and I have a bunch of bands that I'm recording that I'm working on right now so I guess we'll see how that goes <laughs> so you produced all of the music and the music music videos yourself for hot correct um, or? well no I, I helped write the music video for the first one and we had uh, my friend Eric DiCarlo uh, worked with me I, was, I, I guess I kind of co-produced it with him because I wrote it literally down to the very second where I wanted all the cuts to be in the song he thought I was a lunatic and um, then for the second video counter ups <laughs> this is so funny me and my manager we were uh, we got the animated video that we we uh, were waiting for the day before the release. Like we we're kind of we we were gonna do an animated video, and the guy sent us something, and it just was like it looked like he took a couple stock footage elements and threw filters on them. Yikes! And then um, we were so pissed about it, and he was like, "Dude, what are we gonna do?" And I was like, "I could go find stock footage and line it up, and we could just release that and not have to pay." anything and my manager was like yo let's do it so that's what we did so I just kept sending him stock footage but the thing that sucked was some of a some of the videos I found so many funny videos and inexplicably they would not load in any software there was they were some weird type of file type um, so we had everything lined up and then all of a sudden his session he was putting the video together in a in a session on some software and it kept crashing and so we had to like reuse certain clips and just like fuck it whatever this is entirely meant to be stupid and somehow it worked we didn't get any flack for it and people thought it was funny enough that it worked but we literally threw it together in three hours i wondered what the story was yeah, for counter option it, was, it came we got out. the animated video and i was like we could do that for free yeah okay so that's what we did well, at least you used your resources. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> I, I gave the guys a heads up. I was like, hey, so uh, we're just going to throw some stock footage together. And the band was like, sure. Uh, so that, that was kind of funny. <laughs> so you do a ton of things all the time. You're yeah. always on tour. Um, what's your advice to decompress from all of that chaos? Go work. <laughs> I work. <laughs> so you don't. <laughs> yeah, for being honest, I um, the reason why it took me a few minutes to, to get to this was because I had to sit down and 
I had some notes in my head while we we're playing about the drum mix I'm working on for Monument of a Memory. So I was like, okay, I want to do this with the snare and I want to get this in place. And then I was like sitting and, you know, passing the headphones around and asking people for notes. But yeah, I'm, uh, tonight, once once we go on the, the bus, uh, I'm going to be working on a, unwinding by working on a mix on my laptop. So I, uh, when I simply am like, when my brain's too fried to work, uh, I'll watch a show that I like. Um, right now I'm watching um, Watchmen on HBO. I was keeping up with Last Week Tonight, um, Rick and Morty and The Walking Dead. Those are the four shows that I'll watch right now. I definitely wanted to watch The Watchmen. And we were like, we were following it for a while. Yeah, we were following it for a while and then we just didn't. We're watching Sabrina right now. Oh, I haven't seen that. It's really good. good? Yeah, Yeah. and I mean like growing up, Sabrina with uh, Melissa Joan Hart was just like... Oh, I remember that. Yeah, it was just like, she's Sabrina, that's the end of it. But now... This one is super dark, so oh, really? it just yeah. Is yeah. it funny? It's it has its moments, but it's okay. more dark and dramatic. But it's Interesting. Re- it's really good. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder what they're gonna do with that. Yeah. So we've been binging that. Okay. Um. So I know firsthand mm-hmm. <laughs> that you were doing double sets in the March into Madness tour, where Hawk was actually the opener. Yeah. How was that playing two sets it, a night? It was difficult. Um. I, uh, you know, it's like in some way, um, it did like, I did have to kind of be a robot for those little half robot and half like mess. Like, you know, your nerve endings get pretty shot when you're, um, when you're throwing that much air out of your mouth for, uh, in the day, you know? Uh, but the, uh, I, 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 I was warming up three times a day. Um, and so in order to do that, you have to be pretty like, you wake up, you have a thing you do, and then you have a thing you do, and then you have a thing you do. And, and I have been noticing, it's like, you know, I have three warm up tapes I go through before every set, even now. And everybody always kind of gives me shit because I'm always warming up and I'm always like doing like, you know, stretches and, you know, getting ready. But I think um, I, I was kind of starting to learn what my limits were on that tour and I was not happy with them. So you're, so that's when uh, it became like really important for me to start uh, start training more and start like, you know, I, I'm always watching videos on vocals, um, just like posture stuff or like what, you know, stretches to do and doing like yoga and everything. So I think after that tour, I saw a tour a lot more as something where it's like, okay, throughout the day I have to, like, I have to be pre- preparing for my performance. I can't just be like, oh shit, we play in an hour. I gotta like, you know, I gotta get dressed and, you know, get up there, you know, so, um, I don't think I ever was that way before. It was like leading up to that, I always would just kind of like find a cool place to eat, you know, find something fun to do in every single town. And now, uh, God, I'm so fucking boring. It's unbelievable. <laughs> but I, I'm just trying to perform well. That's all. Yeah. And you just got to find your your routine. Yeah. And it. Yeah. Well, it's like an honor in it. You know, people are actually yeah. coming out to these things. They don't, they won't stop coming out to them. And the only thing I can do you know like trying to go out and everybody's like oh give me a guitar pick or something like that it's like that stuff you know is funny (laughs) but it's like I I see and you know I see part of that as my job is to like interact with people but really in order for me to properly do my job is I just have to take it seriously and I have to be able to perform and in order to perform I have to like take care of my body because it was like doing those two sets a day it was like 
it was, was I, would, I couldn't remember where my shoes were ever because I'd always change my shoes for Ice Nine and Chevy would have to go find them and my backpack would be in one place and my jacket in another place and you know I started realizing how much of a mess I was as a person so so I got like you know like individual I got like a new backpack on Amazon I like spent a while picking which one I wanted and I have a pocket for literally everything now and I have a secondary bag for my recording stuff everything has a place I have like a checklist every night of all the things that I do it's got way more uh way more spectrum for sure <laughs> yeah well how does that vary too like being you know, going from an opener on a tour like with with Rage Fest yeah. and then headliner with Ice Nine, like oh, it's uh, there. It's such a it's it's a. Uh, I think it's healthy to get to experience those two things because <laughs> essentially, I'm, in one camp, I'm not shit, and in the other, I'm you know in the headlining band like the shit. <laughs> no, I've never. But you you can you can sort of sense uh, it's it's it's. Uh, it's funny to experience. It's just funny to experience what it's like to get off stage as the opener and see, uh, you know, like you understand the different, the varying degrees of weight in your interactions with people you don't know, mm-hmm. and people act very differently to somebody they perceive as up up top than as somebody who you know is just kind of there to like you know be a warm up artist. And in that difference, you start to like understand interactions with people better. And I actually really like it. Like I, I, I don't want to always, you know, I don't always want to be um, in the uh, in the limelight or whatever. Like I want to be able to still have other projects where I have to earn it. You know what I mean? Because you get complacent and you get yeah. bored when you just have something cool. But I'm, I, I am really proud of what both of them have achieved. Just uh, it's weird, but equally, like I, I don't pick. I, I just I see uh, Ink is something that I got to sort of be a part of, like the little exponential curve that happened, where we went from being a band where like I have friends in the industry who would be like, "Oh God, you're gonna play with that band? Like they've been trying way too hard, man. They got to give it up." And it was like, I don't know, man, um, the tour we did, it really did seem like they're start, something's starting to happen. And people would like disagree, be like, ah, oh, dude, don't, no, that, that shit will never happen. It was like, I don't know, I kind of think that something's happening. And then by Warp Tour, it was like things were happening, but people still were like, oh, well, Warp Tour is very different. Like, there's, that ain't gonna happen. And like, you know, the club scene. And then uh, the band didn't even get a, a tour for when the Silver Screen came out. That was, like, normally it's very easy to find a tour if you have an album coming out. The band did their own record release shows and they all sold out, like all of them. And it was like, by that point, I think, and then when people saw that the album hit the Billboard charts, and it was like staying up there. Um, it, it's been funny to see a lot of the same like managers and booking agents who gave such uh, they gave like such a shitty. Um, they had they just didn't treat the, the band shade. well. Gave them yeah. Shade, yeah, all of a sudden they're like, oh shit, I gotta be really nice to these people now. Because like, now they're really like, great. <laughs> it's so, so that's funny. So that's very rewarding to see. But it's kind of more of a it's it's kind of rewarding to see because. You know, really, I didn't have to experience all that stuff. Spencer did, so yeah. it is really cool to see see Ice Nine Kills finally somewhere. And Hawk Hawk gets tour offers, and people really seem to dig it. And that was this or the apocalypse trying to like dig, climb out of something. So I definitely know Hawk's going to get a lot of the same opportunities as it keeps growing. So it's cool just to on both those different tracks, a lot of different responsibilities, different things to consider, and um, and I enjoy both of them a lot. Awesome, yeah, I um. I enjoy mileage and counter ops a lot, and it's just like the new one, the new ones I'm working on right now are very poppy. 
Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. I just, I, I'm like, just everything I've been working on, it's like all singing. Um, which is funny because we just released this super heavy song, but we really genuinely, like me and Jack are very, uh, we're very determined to never get locked down doing something, like having any expectations. So it was like, hey, we just released a really heavy song. We got to release something super catchy. It's like, hell yeah. <laughs> so, just never be classified in the same genre. <laughs> well, it's just, yeah, like, I, I don't know. There's something about that project where um, because of all the, the nonsense we went through with like the record label that we signed with and stuff, um, I think inside that project has to be a, we don't care what is wanted you know like by others like this is going to be whatever we feel like it is yeah whenever we have time for it and that's what it is you know what i mean yeah so it's fun just completely be yourself yeah whatever comes to you comes to you yeah well i first met you at a rage fest show and um you were offering to do voice lessons or yeah. other lessons of some sort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I work with you on your podcast. Yeah. Uh, for this. Yeah. And I'm actually so. super, I'm super impressed with this. Awesome. It's a nice, a nice little setup. I really appreciate here. that. Yeah. Um, are you still doing that? Are you still offering that? Or is yeah. that just kind of too much? Yeah, no. I, I mean, pulling in side money is very helpful. Uh, I'm building a recording studio right now and slowly getting all the equipment I want. And unfortunately, that stuff has a really high price tag on it. So... I will literally do anything I can to just fund my business at the moment. And, you know, so the recording studio and Hawk are kind of like, they're sort of two entities that sort of exist together. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my passion is, you know, being able to work at that. And voice lessons are a way that I can, you know, make some more money on tour. But it's also really cool to like, like help people. I often get like people who deal with a lot of like nervousness issues mm -hmm. and stuff and they just often want to talk to one of the guys from Ice Nine Kills, you know, or something like that. But you need that push. You can actually, like, <laughs> you know, sometimes you can actually, like, you see, like, a little, little flashes of coolness in them, and you're just sort of like, hey, you know, like, you could do this. Like, I'm, it took me until I was, like, 30 before anybody seemed to even bat an eye over what I was doing. So, you know, like, being able to... Uh, to go and try and prevent people from, you know, making a lot of the same errors that I was making along the way. You know, I made... A decade and a half of errors basically <laughs> well and it got you here today so i guess so. it's all of it was worth it yeah we'll see we'll see we'll see what my accountant thinks one day when i get one <laughs> right. what are all of these different things and what yeah. are all of these different things you're like don't tell the government about it <laughs> um i'm sure you're definitely uh, an influencer for some people but what who are your main influences and what are you binge listening to i uh lately um i feel no shame about this i have been listening to the new post malone album so <laughs> much i love that cd halsey i like lately this rapper lp and run the jewels those are like that's like one of my like idol type you know like i respect uh killer mike and lp a lot um trent reznor for nine inch nails is you know, a huge inspiration for me. Um, I could totally see a Run the Jewels, Ricky Armolino Hawk thing going on later in life. Like, you should make that happen because yeah. that would be awesome. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'm, I really, really like like art, that the, the kind of like artsy hip hop type stuff. Um, Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails, you know, he's obviously a huge inspiration. Um, you know, some pr producers like uh, Eric Valentine, he's a mixing engineer and a producer, and he's been he he's been a really big one for me. Uh, my my one of my teachers, uh, Melissa Cross, uh, the Zen of Screaming, she's 
always been a huge inspiration for me. And um, I don't know. I I, I uh, yeah, I like artists that that uh, do a lot of things, obviously, um, but like do a lot of things well and actually have like their own little niche that can't be recreated. Like you can't have another Trent Reznor for my shows at all. You can't have another LP. He had a record label at one point. He started all these different hip hop projects. He produced so many different things. He produced a jazz record. He produced Had Automatica and all these things. And it's like, yeah, he's a rapper, you know, but he also has like kind of created a whole culture of beats using like sci-fi noises and stuff like that. And if anybody just makes stuff that sounds like him, it's not gonna work because it's, they, not, it's not all of those things. <laughs> right. Like, um, so that's what you know. I think some some musicians are, um, you know, there's a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, that guy's a phenomenal singer. But when it comes down to it, unless there's like a whole backstory and a whole like culture that they've created around it, it for me, it's not always as inspiring. You know what I mean? If it's just somebody with a cool voice, it's like, man. They just good, went out and did it one good day. For you. Yeah, good for yeah. you. You know, that's that's cool. But um, yeah, I, I like the whole I like the whole package type stuff. Yeah, the hardships is yeah. what makes the story. Yeah, makes the makes the art. Yeah, or just being like being you know well rounded and 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 mobile. You know, what I mean, like yeah. that was the one thing with me is I used to just scream in a band, and at a certain point, it's like, man, I have no control over my life. I am like seriously just hoping for a good opportunity to walk up to me. All I do is just scream in this band, and like. You know, so the, then you have to make a list of being like, what can I do? It's like, well, I'm good with people. I could probably be a producer. Well, you know, I had to spend six years learning how to do that. But for me, I was obsessed with it because like I have to have a way to make money so I can say no to shit. You know what I mean? Because once you actually have money, you don't have to take every opportunity. Because I was sick of going on every single tour that our old manager said was necessary that we go on. The band comes back in more debt. That guy makes money no matter what. And then we get another similar tour offer. It's like, no, you got to do it. It's like people are, you know, when you're in a position of weakness and you have to say yes to everything, you're, you're fucked. You know, so yeah. uh, my whole thing is just being able to have control over what I'm doing. You know, I still want the right to fuck off if I want to fuck right. off. Right. You, know I mean? you need to have time off if yeah. you want it. And, exactly. Yeah. So it's so recording records that, that definitely gave me the ability to make an income and you know, now if I want to take a month to focus on a song or a couple songs or something like that, that's an option on the menu for me. Yeah. So what's next for Hawk? I know I'm not so patiently waiting for an album. We, we're working on uh, we're working on some new songs right now. Uh, we have we have a lot of unreleased music. Um, I definitely think we want to find somebody to release it at some point. So um, unfortunately, Ice Nine Kills has been extremely busy. So. Not a lot of moves have been made, made recently, except for me and Jack just writing a lot of music. Yeah. But um, we get tour offers and stuff, and kind of figuring that stuff out, and you know, comparing it to my schedule out here and everything, and trying to figure out what would be the best ones to take so that I can um, I can be available for everybody. What would you say was that like step when you were like, well, I did it, I'm here. Like when I've... I was dressed up as a priest on Warp Tour, flipping off 3,500 people in Chicago. <laughs> Like, yeah, I guess this was what I wanted. <laughs> this is what I worked my ass off for. Yeah, just flip off a lot of kids dressed up like a priest. <laughs> well, now you dress up as Georgie every yeah. night, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which one's better? 
I kind of miss the, the priest was just funny. Yeah. Like that was just a funny thing. So I do kind of miss that. I don't know which one's better though. Cause Jordy's also hilarious. So. Yeah. I, I like know. your whole, um, is it, um, it is the end. Yeah. 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 yeah or you're just like going back and forth with Spencer. Around the end. Yeah. No, yeah. that's, that's fun. It's fun to watch. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool being in a band with like a couple talent, you know, I have a couple talented vocalists in this band and we all get to like do our thing, you know, I've, come, I've, I've, ex- I've, I've accepted the fact that we're, uh, we are a hard rock boy band, you know? <laughs> well, I've seen it be like, um, uh, like correct me if I'm saying it wrong, but is it theatrical? Uh, sure. Yes. Sure. <laughs> I've, heard, I've, I've, overheard using, like, I've overheard Spencer using the term theatricore um, normally when I'm doing other things, so I think maybe he is using that term. So he, he put that label on it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so this could be either for Hawk or for Ice Nine, but who is your all-time favorite band you've been on tour with so far? Oh, God. August Burns Red Bulls to tour with. They were really cool. Um, we Came As Romans was one of my favorite bands that we ever toured with. I went to Europe with them. It was awesome. Um, you know, we had a lot of fun. Um, we had a lot of fun touring with uh, uh, the bands on the, the uh, Afterlife Palisades from Ashes to New Tour. There was a lot of friendships being made on that. Um, Hawk was on that too, so all of us got to like there's a lot of hangouts together. Um, I actually like touring with uh, um, Falling in Reverse. It was fun. Really good dude. Like, all my experiences with Ronnie was just nice, and Paige from WWE was there as well. I thought that was pretty cool. What was it like touring with Attila? Were they just one big oh, party? Oh my gosh, I can't even believe I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> Attila and Crown the Empire and Vale Amaya and Gideon were all amazing people unbelievable people um Attil- yeah Attila um you know they yeah like their 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 shtick is is very much like an extension of who they are as people but it's only like the best parts of them like they're they're so nice and funny and they every night just you know it wasn't like they're partying crazy you know they'd just be like hey come on stop by for a drink and I don't drink so I would just go on their bus and hang out and so funny they have dildos all <laughs> over the bus they use them for incense holders for like everything um, and their whole thing is like like those guys are always just being so funny um, you know Franz uh, Franz was doing this bit where he was kissing the guitar player on the mouth on stage and like people got mad at him so he played the next show in a sundress uh, with, with boots and um you know very individualistic (laughs) yeah you know like uh they they were um they were uh i i i think that it's easy to have like a um uh perspective about them because the whole like because of their whole shtick but franz was like he, he was one of the most like i don't mean this in a bad way he's one of the most like childlike guys i've met which is one of my favorite traits about somebody where he didn't care who you were he was really interested to hear how you were doing he was excited to tell you about his day he did not seem like the type of person who wanted to suck up to anybody he didn't care what your status was he always had a smile on his face he is always ready to have a funny conversation 
and he does not care. Uh, like he has no boundaries in terms of if he wants to say something, he's going to say it. But he, I never saw anything but kindness and just encouragement out of him. Like I thought he was a great guy. Um, Andy and uh, the guys from Crown the Empire were like, oh, I miss them. I get emotional sometimes thinking about those guys. They're such wonderful people. And that's the thing about touring. Is like once you get to a certain level of touring usually you're going to be around like interesting fun people because you're entertaining like for a well, month straight well, too like yeah but the, but the thing about it is is you can't entertain a crowd unless you're slightly entertaining people i think you and i think that's like you can sometimes actually see that's what like separates you know like you go on tour with like these touring national bands who are who have reached you know, some of them have reached very high points in their career um and uh and you it's like when you're playing like the smaller tours and the ones where you know like you might there might be five support bands on a tour and two of them have only ever done a few tours before and like i always remember there always being like sometimes just like shitty personalities around or being like man why do they have that guy in the band and stuff because at the end of the day what you're doing is you're going up and you're putting on a show for people and you're doing things to entertain them and if you're not an entertaining person it sucks you know what i mean so it's like eventually i feel like at a certain level in order to get a band to a position where it actually does have a sustained fan base because you can only fake it for so long some bands like We'll have labels just dump money into them, just like marketing or whatever. And at a certain point, the other shoe is going to drop because if they're not fun people and they're not fun to watch and their songs are not fun and they're not fun to be around, audiences will stop showing up at some point. So, you know, we kind of have hit a point in touring where like most of the people we're around are actually very fun you know and, and it's great it's you know it's just for me it's unfortunate because it's more a matter of how much time i'm willing to take away from my fucking laptop to meet everybody and actually get time in because you know when i'm on tour i want to be mixing i want to be doing stuff i want to stay active i want to be I, i've taken almost every master class that exists <laughs> like we're always watching videos on stuff and you know, so it, it's it's uh, it's tough to really list who my favorite artists are, you know, that we've toured with. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I was going over my uh, talking points yes. for this interview, um, you know, I tagged you in a couple of things and came across this social media uh, Instagram account named... Uh, Ricky Armolino's lips. Yes. And it is a whole social media yeah. dedicated to your lips. I handle this shit like my father. I pretend it's not happening. <laughs> We're both handsome men. That's what <laughs> was, you deal with. It was just so funny. <laughs> I want to be respected on the merit of my efforts. I think they would shit their pants if you followed them. <laughs> they just like, may. Oh my gosh. Ricky's following to, us, to guys. Honest, to be honest, I saw it once and I literally thought, ah, that's funny, kids. You know, and, and uh, the thing is, there are so many. We have a couple fans uh, for Einstein in particular who uh, they make a lot of these like fan accounts. We're like, one was like Spencer's feet, and they just find pictures of Spencer's feet. And then there's one M9 Kills, and she actually made a meme that like we we shared it with one of those. Like, yo, M9 Kills just made a funny ass meme. And it was a picture of Joe like 
you know, wide-eyed, like smiling into the camera. And right behind him, Spencer's got Chevy on the ground during the set with a knife. And uh, the uh, oh, hold up, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna find it. I'm gonna find it real quick because it was really funny. The Ink fandom ignoring the fact Spencer is a murderer and it isn't an act. <laughs> I thought that that was really funny. You know? The picture is perfect for it. And uh, oh yeah. And, you know, and then we bump, and then you know we're at a VIP, and and uh, uh, somebody introduced herself as Emily. I forget. She just said something. She was just like, "Yeah, uh, I'm that person." Uh, I well, no, she was like talking about Instagram. I was like, "Do you run fan accounts?" And she's like, "I'm M Nine Kills." I'm like, guys, I fucking found M Nine Kills, and everybody was just like, "That meme was pretty funny." And you know, and, and like the thing about it is, some of these people are like sixteen-year-old kids just having fun, like doing goofy shit that's the type of stuff I used to do so but at the same time when I was 16 did I think like men in their 30s were gonna like sit down and like take time out of their day to think about what I was up to no so I'm not gonna be a dude in his 30s taking time <laughs> thinking about what these fucking kids are up to post what you want I don't care <laughs> It's it's only it's only as interesting as the fact that I'm a, I'm in some of it, and if I took time away from work to look at everything that had something to do about me on the internet, um, I'm sure I would get through all of it pretty quick eventually. Because he think says most of, humbly, I think most of the stuff's about Spencer and Pat, but uh, I I just I don't want to be that person that takes time out of his day and like strokes that part of his ego or whatever. It's that's not for me to do. Um, so, you know, every now and then, like, I'll have a friend be like, did you see the blah, blah, blah? I'll be like, oh, I don't really care about that stuff. Be like, no, 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 no. It's weird. Like, this, this. And you're like, I, I genuinely, I, yeah, sure. You I'm know, busy. <laughs> I, well, it's just, yeah, it's like, I, I just, are you, if you're going to be, um, you'll drive yourself crazy um, thinking about shit like that because you, you know, like, uh, praise is, is just the opposite of, uh, of, of being bashed you know what I mean and so if one of them means something to you the other one does the other one has to as well just logically like if it's like oh praise makes me feel better then how are you going to survive negativity thrown at you so I just don't give a fuck about it either yeah. you know what I mean unless it's from like if it's like from like let's say if Howard Jones you know, right? Someone fan, big was yeah, like, "Oh, about me. There's, there's something needs to be the tables yeah, turned time, time, here. Time needs to be put into that. But until then, <laughs> yeah, <it's> just <laughs> I think I do think some stuff's funny though. I like I like <laughs> I like absurdity. I like hilarious. I, I, me and my friend, best friends, we make fun of each other all the time. So I would prefer that the internet just fucking roast me as much as it wants. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get a chance to actually look at it, but I just came across it and I was yeah. like, I wonder if he knows <laughs> about yeah. this. I was told. Um, so you spoke a little bit about what was next for Hawk, but what's next for Ice Nine? Are they coming out with any new albums or? We're talking about it. <laughs> Sorry. Any writing or anything going on? Well, we just did the uh, the extended version of the full length. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we want to spend some time playing the Silver Scream songs. I get the impression. I know Spencer is going to spend some time writing in the weeks off. Um, we'll probably have a couple of full songs. Uh, he, he is like the writing force behind the band. So, uh, so once he starts having material for us to like, kind of, um, you know, we're we're all we're all like competent producers and musicians. 
whatever I'm asked to do. If he has a song and he wants me to try to make a composition for it or whatever, I'm totally available for it. But um, I don't. I'm not a driving writing force for the band, nor is anybody any of the other members aside from Spencer. So, it just comes down to whenever he decides to start working on songs. Um, he's like been singing with an acoustic guitar every now and then. I know he has a couple like chorus ideas and stuff. I think something that's really impressive for Silver Screen is that everything like you grow up watching these horror movies and everything rhymes just so well and you're just like I would have never thought of putting that together and yeah, like the mind behind that is impressive that's like one of the biggest parts of my job as a producer is with working with artists is trying to get um, like the vocals are the most important element of the music the music uh, one of my heroes is um, uh, like just one of my favorite producers and people I look up to is um, Howard Benson and uh, you know he's done Core, fucking or lots and lots of massive records, you know, Akubasay. Uh, he, um, My Chemical Romance. Uh, but so he, he was talking about how, like, most of the time when you're hearing popular music, um, like rock or pop or anything, it's played, it's played at the mall, it's played at restaurants, it's played in a setting where if you can, chances are people are only going to be able to hear the vocals in a lot of the scenarios that you hear them. You spend a lot of time making sure everything else is right, but at the end of the day, your song, a song needs to be a full listening experience from front to back on vocals alone or is not. It is not, there's no chance for it to be a popular song. And that's the one thing about, you know, the producers that Spencer's chosen to work with have done a really good job. Well, and him, he has lots and lots of ideas and he is very collaborative and he makes sure that the vocals from front to back are like a perfect listening experience. And from that, and he's very, he's very intense about making sure that all the instruments are exactly how, how he wants it to and everything. But yeah, like... You know, he, I, I did help out with some of the lines for Silver Scream because he would just FaceTime me and he would be like, I have to, you know, I'm working on this. I'm not like a, this sound. Like, I'm, and and he, he would have like most of the line, but sometimes there's holes where it's like, and, and um, part of my job as a producer is you're always restructuring the way things are said so you can just get to that one section of syllables where like, ah, yeah, no, ah. It's music. It's musical because sometimes you don't want an e e e oh yeah like if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And you're always so you'll have like you'll have, so he you know he'll have like the what he wants to portray in the song, but you have to keep rebuilding those lines until it is just everything is like all the syllables that all together in order sound like they all belong there. And then and that's that's really challenging. Um, it's it's definitely challenging for a lot of the musicians I work with too. And Spencer is much better at it than I am for sure really? um, yeah, oh yeah he is a vocal I call him all the time when I'm working on hooks and he'll like I'll just start getting voice note after voice memo from him or whatever he'll be like oh okay so the second chord needs to be you need to go up a third to like the major need to here's why and he'll be like because when you go dum, dum, ah, you hit that note and then with the chord it just it, like he he's just got elaborate he's got everything. it all figured out and, yeah. and, and and it's awesome so I mean it would only make sense that um 
that you know it's funny because when you actually have people who are genuinely good at what they're doing they don't they love to collaborate with people it's always people who kind of suck a little bit and like are good at one thing that'll be like no it has to be on me yeah. You're just like, okay, yeah, you're, yeah, you're going to fix your relationship with your dad that way, man. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of this. Yeah. Um, I have followed, obviously, I follow your social media, and I know sometimes um, during Hawk shows, you're like, why did I put so many consonants in this? In oh, this, yeah. in this oh, verse. Yeah. <laughs> I went through like this screaming. phase where everything was like really rappy, and I, it was something I was good at, and I still do it frequently, but every now and then I'm just like, why did, I cho- why did I choose this? Nobody asked for this but me. <laughs> well, I think that's so, what makes Counter Ops really cool. <laughs> it is fun. Honestly. Yeah, that, it does kind of have like a Run the Jewels flair. Yeah. Like now that oh, I like, oh, think oh, about oh. it, I'm like, oh yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. That, that was definitely, definitely on my mind when I was working on it. That's but, cool. I, I, you know, it's like I want to be able to, The thing about it was because as we were working on it, I, we... Adam, we were working on a song and Adam actually programmed a beat. He was like, hey, I kind of have this little thing here. It's pretty cool. And um, the other guys were unsure. I was like, just let me let me do something weird over it. And I was like, I, I kind of want to do a rappy thing, but I don't want it to be like scream rap, but I want it to still be aggressive. And, and for me, I want to make sure if I am using an element of another genre, I want to respect it by not just doing you know, what some white guy in his 30s would, you know, like, like, I'm not going to make fun of the genre. I'm actually going to take a stab at writing something unique that belongs there. And that sounds like its own thing, but still kind of acknowledges something. And that's the thing about culture is, you know, I think a lot of people sometimes they'll try to like dip their, you know, they'll try to like dip into like another genre or something like that. But when they do, it doesn't feel like they really respected it. It felt like more like they were using it as a way to like, You'll to like, boost oh, them, I, I can do this too. So for me, it was like I uh, I went through like nine different versions of that part before I had, I found one where I was like, okay, this actually sounds cool. Um, because for a little bit, I was like, I might not be able to get this. We might have to scrap this whole idea. Um, but it's it's funny with Hawk. It's like we spent so long working on the songs, and uh, that one's like really gritty, and it's like the mix is blown out. It kind of sounds like shit in a weird way, but in a fun way. So uh, so so I'm excited to make something really like clean next time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said more poppy, I guess. So far, I mean, like if we use any of the ones we're working on right now, but yeah. who, who knows? Yeah. Like mileage, we had like nine other songs that we were planning on releasing first. Our manager was just like. I really like that mileage one. Could you? Guys, it was just a verse and a chorus, and that was it. He was like, "Can you guys finish that?" And we're like, "Okay,", okay. <laughs> and we just did it, and then we released it like two weeks later. So it, it's uh, that's a fun thing about that band. It's like, one funny thing was when mileage came out, we're like, "I wonder if his dad really is a pilot," <laughs> and, then, and then you posted um, like oh, like two days ago when you were back home that you went on a plane when you were just yeah. yeah. I will I will leak to you that we are releasing a um, playthrough on guitar and uh, Bernie and Jack did it at my dad's hangar. And they're like hanging out with him. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like That's they awesome. definitely outdid themselves. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, it's pretty good. Did did we hear it first? Yeah, you did. But I'm pretty unless you're like gonna release this like tomorrow. I think you. I I don't think you're gonna be announcing anything. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, should be safe. Yeah, if you do, I don't think it's a big deal. Did you have anything that you want to specifically talk about or plug? I do I have used like to plug my mom's Instagram, but then she got followed by too many people and she got stressed <laughs> out. Like I can't handle this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you gave me the push. Yes. Seriously, yeah, that's great. Keep doing it. 
Well, Ricky, I'm so glad you were able to join me on the show. This is kind of a fangirl moment for me, so thank you so much for making my dreams come true. Of course. How can listeners get in touch with you for producing music and following your journey? Just message my Instagram. Your Instagram? Yeah. Which is? Uh, Ricky Armolino. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day, and we'll meet you at the next barricade. Rock on. Oh, all right. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs>